event organizers. Get ready to level up. To level up. You're listening to the Event Academy Live podcast, where we elevate motivated event organizers. This podcast is brought to you by Fusion. All the event ticketing features and support you need for one low price. Check them out at GetFusionSolutions.com. Now, it's time for your host, Jake Spurley. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Event Academy Live. Today, we have a special guest that is quite close to where I live. I'm in Oregon. She's in, like, northern, northern California, and we're going to be talking about how she broke attendance records at her fair, surpassing the post-COVID fair that she had that we all know in most events year the next event after covid you saw record-breaking numbers she even broke those numbers this lady knows what she's doing even with potentially the limited resources she has in a smaller coastal county fair without any further ado i would like to introduce you guys all to the del norte county fair uh manager i'm going to assume executive director king matumbo she runs it all she's the lady kim floyd kim thanks so much for joining us today thank you for having me yeah, you bet. It's, uh, you know, I, I think I sent you a different podcast episode that we did with the executive director of the Canadian Association of Fest or Fairs and Exhibitions. And she's like, yeah, you know, she started talking to me about your fair and how well it went and the record attendance. I'm like, Kim, we have to have you on the show. I mean, there has to be something that our listeners can learn from from what you were up to the past couple of years. So for the folks that might not know the Del Norte Fair, tell them just a little bit about you and maybe a little bit about the fair just to kind of catch them up to speed. Okay, so I am, like I like I told you before we started, I'm a fair brat. So I grew up in, in the fair industry. My dad uh, was a fair manager for 35, 30 plus years, starting out in Washington. And then in 89, we moved to Del Norte County and he became the fair manager here. In 2017, he retired and in 2018, I took over. And uh, so um, I have been the CEO since 2018. So I have grown up in this industry and I've I've done pretty much everything um, into in when I was 11, I started as a concessionaire, just like you. Um, uh working for crazy eric's at at kitsap county fair so i i've done pretty much everything i've cleaned bathrooms i've i've done pretty much everything <laughs> advertising um i've done production with concerts everything before i became the ceo yeah so you definitely have a breadth of knowledge fairs are in your blood like it's just mm-hmm. what you live and breathe Give us a little background about, I said it wrong. I thought it was Del Norte. I butchered that one, Del Norte County here. <laughs> it's uh, okay. I'm an Oregonian, whatever. Give us a little background of like, just kind of catch up to speed. What is the Del Norte County Fair? Do you guys have a rodeo? Like what is your kind of, what is your fair all about? 
Okay, so we are in California, we have class, um, the way that we are classified is by uh, size. So we are a class two fair. So California is class one to like a class seven. So if you think of uh, like Orange County, they're a big fair, they're like a class seven fair. We're small. So to be a class two fair, to be about 20,000 in attendance is that's that's about a class two fair, 25,000. That's that's our our range. We are on we are the most northern California fair on on 101. So we're kind of all in our little island up up here in California. So um, it's kind of sometimes it can be difficult to get entertainment to get um, to get people to get up here because um, they have to travel so far and to create a route can be really difficult. Um, so we are a four day fair. So typically for the last uh, five, six years, what we do on Thursday night is we have a Christian concert. And then on Friday night, we have a country concert. Saturday night, we have bowls and barrels. And then on Sunday night, we um, typically have had a demolition derby in the past. Um, and then this year, because we couldn't get the demolition uh, cars, we did a tough truck and pit bike race. So that that is what we that's what we did. Wow, that's uh, it's funny. Back when I was doing a lot of things for the Columbia County Fair back in back in my pre pre event ticketing days, I we had a Sunday day and we called it a throwaway day, half price throwaway day. Like if you don't have any money, come on Sunday. There's nothing to do. And it's cool that you said you guys did a demolition derby because that's one of the things I implemented was hey, let's go blow some trucks up, let's go blow some cars up. And it was funny, the year that we implemented that, I think we doubled or tripled our Sunday attendance just by bringing that, that one thing in. And I think it's, it's interesting. Folks think that Sundays are dead days. They don't have to be dead days if you actually invest the time and energy into them, like putting in a demolition derby. We, you know, it, it was really interesting. So we had, we had, we were like everybody else. Staffing was a huge issue. Um, I had one of my senior maintenance, I only have two, two permanent maintenance staff, and one of them happened to retire uh, uh, just a couple days before fair. So I had one, and then the rest of them were all part-time workers. And, you know, um, staffing was a very difficult situation. My right-hand woman in the office this year had never been through a fair before. So she had she had showed at a fair when she was younger, but she had never um, worked through a fair. And by the way, she did absolutely stellar and I couldn't have gone through it without her. And then the other one was my daughter. She grew up through it just like I did. Um, I couldn't have done fair without those two ladies. And then I had an exhibitor clerk who has been with me for the last 10 years and she did amazing too. But I mean, that was my staff. And then my maintenance staff, I had a handful of really young kids, like 16 year old. And then I had um, a handful of older gentlemen that were like 55, 60 year old. And that was my staff this year. 
it was really challenging to get everything together. So what we did is we went back to the basics. We didn't spend a whole lot of money on crazy halftime events in our rodeo, as well as our tough truck and pit bike event. First off, I couldn't get the specialty acts for our um, bulls and barrels. I tried, unfortunately, with the gas prices, our, our diesel price here is $7 a gallon. Who in the world wants Ooh. to come here? It's very, very expensive. And it's $6.05 right now for gasoline. So it's very expensive to come here. So we couldn't get the specialty acts. So in about five minutes, my staff and I came up with an event. So what we did is we ordered 10 um, blow up uh, dinosaur costumes, rideable dinosaur costumes on Amazon. And we have a local uh, dairy farm, Alexander Dairy, and we had them bring three, uh, three mid-sized calves. And we did an adult calf scramble. And those 10, 10 adults had to ride out on their blow up Jurassic or dinosaurs and they had to chase after chase after these calves. It was the best thing. It was like cost us 300 bucks and the three winners won $100 cash and everybody absolutely loved it. And they said, you guys are doing this next year, right? And that that was our halftime act. That was it. And then in our in our tough truck, our halftime act was a hillbilly wheelbarrow race, and the and prize was a half a uh, hundred dollars, and so they had to run the course of the pit bike course, and it was hysterical. So, I although, think I think there's yeah, there. I just want to stop you there before I before I lose track of what I want to ask you. There's there's two things, two nuggets that I want to. I want to kind of dive deeper into a coming up with acts in entertainment that doesn't cost a lot of money. I'll ask you that second, but first I need to ask you, and this is more to help other event organizers. You said you didn't have a large staff. You had the bare minimum. Talk to me about how you survive with that. Cause I think that's a lot of event organizers right now. And especially fairs, we're all having a hard time recruiting people or just getting people to help. If, I was somebody listening to this episode right now and I only had a couple people when I might normally have 10. Like, how did you manage that? What are some things they can do to like still be successful with the limited resources? Um, what we did was we reached out, we reached out to friends. You know, the, the one thing I have learned and I guess my dad, my dad, my dad did it with us is we lean, we lean on our family. And so I, I, and I told my board this too, if it wasn't for my family, this fair wouldn't have gone on. And then my family reached out to friends and, and other people. And that's just kind of how it happens. And, you know, Facebook, social media can be your best friend. It, can be kind of a hindrance at times, but there were times where we, you know, we, we were struggling with getting our ticket takers and sellers. And so we put a post on social media, hey, you want a part-time job to get your school clothes or whatever. And that 
within three days we had our ticket takers and sellers because we put that that post out on facebook so don't feel don't be afraid of of making that that post and and doing that outreach um we reached out to our local workforce center um and you know word of mouth works amazing so that's what we did and we leaned on people um one thing that we found is a lot of our volunteer programs um those people are getting older and um it it worries me um one of our dear volunteers um she couldn't do a whole lot of volunteering this year because she's battling cancer. So we reached out to the local church to help with her and they they came together and rallied around her to help her with, with some of our still exhibits. So it's just really important to reach out to some of these local groups to try and, and help. And then don't be afraid to let go of some things that you know you may have had all the time and you just can't get the groups to do it anymore i didn't have parking attendants this year i couldn't get them i couldn't get the parking attendants and i realized that you know i would rather have security than parking attendants and we had record record attendance so with record attendance comes record parking so that was a massive challenge. So we were out there in my Can-Am and the, and the golf carts, and we were making sure that the parking lot full sign was up and everybody was being very careful on, you know, if people were double, double parking the first, the first day, it was a challenge we had people that were double parking and they actually parked in front of the fire department truck so um so uh the local fire department got a hold of cal uh caltrans which is the local highway highway safety services and got uh i think like 80 cones and they sectioned off areas so that people couldn't double park in those areas so um, everybody was able to work together so that we could make sure that the rest of the fair went smoothly so you know i mean we just kind of went with the flow i always try and just go with the flow think out of the box and don't don't get completely stuck on the little things i think you brought up so many great points of a don't be afraid to ask for help sometimes we just get so in our heads of we're the fair we got this like at the end of the day most fairs are very community oriented you know and everybody nobody loves the fair who doesn't like the fair and don't be afraid to go outside and ask for help put on social media hey we need this hey we need that people it's amazing at how much people actually want to help when you just ask for help like helping makes people feel good people yes. like to help you just have to ask and put yourself out there to get the help the other great point that you made was you had to make a decision parking or security which one is it and i think that's another important thing for folks to consider is sometimes you can't have it all and that sucks but such is life life's not fair but what you did is you made an educated decision of hey do I need both? Yes, I do. 
I only get to have one though. So what is that? Like, what's the best ROI or what's the biggest mitigating risk factor? Like which one is actually going to move the needle the most? And you made that with security. I think that's, you know, that's brilliant. And sometimes it's just, we have to think through those things. You know, we can't just say, ah, I'm going to go, you know, half to parking, half to security. Like why do something, I'll say it. Why do you, why do something half-ass when you can do one thing really, really good? You know, do one thing a hundred percent, right. And maybe just step back on the other side. I think those are two insanely important things for, for folks to consider, you know, it's with adapting times, you have to be able to adapt and just roll with those punches. And it sounds like you guys did that fantastically. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting just talking to other, just our clients, really. It's like, sometimes they just give up. There's like, nope, technically I'm not doing it. You didn't, you found a way you persevered, you went through and you just, you did it. And I think that's freaking awesome. On my next question here, which is really about the entertainment. I have so many discussions with our clients or whoever on the podcast and they're so caught up in spending big money for big entertainment or spending any money for entertainment just to fill stages. And it's like, you, you don't have to do those things. You don't have to drop five grand on a fiddle player just because you need this section of entertainment. Like, get creative. And you said it, you, you, know, you just said it. You and your staff spent five minutes, they came up with acts it doesn't need to be that difficult. I think sometimes as event organizers, we always think, oh, to get entertainment, we have to hire it. We have to do it this way. There are no rules in events. You, you make your own rules. It's your event. You have full control over how you want to do it, what entertainment it is. I mean, Hillbilly Wheelbar races, come on. Who's not going to want to go out and see that? Even if it just consumes five, 10 minutes, you know how many people probably took videos of that and put that online? I mean, I was I, I was hysterical because um, when Miranda made the post on that, you know, when we made the decision, and I was, I will tell you, I'm the CEO. When they, when um, her and the gentleman that helps us with the demolition derby, they made the decision to cancel the demolition derby and only go to tough trucks and pit bikes. I was concerned and they said, well, we're going to add peewee pit bikes. And I said, okay. I said, but you have to understand, you've got to make it entertaining for the crowd. You can't, I don't make it where it is like watching paint dry on a wall. So you have to add some type of entertaining, entertaining, implement something entertaining. So I said, what about like a hillbilly wheelbarrow? race and they said well what do you mean and i said get two partners uh, uh two people one in the wheelbarrow and one pushing it and they have to do the pit bike course and i said add some water to it so it's really fun and you know throw 100 bucks into the mix and there you go and see if like tractor supplier home depot will donate the donate it and then you know you can have an extra prize if they decorate and as a hillbilly which we had some really interesting outfits show up so they were like oh okay so miranda did the poster and within eight hours it had like 
8,000 hits. It was the most popular poster. And like I said, my county is only 25,000 and that's including the prison. So, I mean, it was huge. And she didn't, she didn't uh, boost anything. So it was absolutely huge. And so they ended up, they were, they started panic. They're like, oh my gosh, are we going to have to do like um, morning heats of this? So trial runs before, before it even starts. I mean, and it was great. And I was concerned. Sunday was our biggest day. Sunday is family day. So two adults and three kids get 12 and under get in for $20 and both parking lots filled up and there was no place to park and it was absolutely packed we absolutely packed the grandstands and that event went on for three and a half hours and nobody left nobody left wow which was crazy all the vendors ran out of food the carnival was absolutely packed and everybody stayed till nine o'clock till the end and our junior livestock broke a record and sold a quarter of quarter of a million dollars that day yeah, junior, junior livestock auction did the best we've ever done a quarter of a million dollars and and mind you we are one of the poorest counties in the state of california yeah you i'll i want to touch on this and expand on that topic before i forget though you made a comment earlier about it needs to be entertaining and i think so often as organizers we get caught up in what do we want our event to be without thinking about what do the consumers want what do the people actually handing us money to come to the event actually want to see and you made you made that great point of Okay, you can add the peewee thing, but is that really what people want to pay to see? Like, do is that interesting, or are people going to watch it for five minutes and say, "Okay, that was cute. Now this is boring," sort of thing? And I just want folks to folks to really hear that. In that, it's not about you. And I you know, I preach this on all my posts that I do on social media. It's not about you. It's about your attendees. What do they want to see? Are you providing them a good experience? Do they even want to watch this? Or are you just guessing that they want to watch it? You know, we have to make sure that at the heart of every decision, we're thinking about our stakeholders, our attendees, and making sure that we're meeting their needs. You know, yes, it's our event. Yes, we can make decisions. But at the end of the day, if we're not making them happy, we're not providing them a good experience, a good memorable experience, they're not going to come back or they're not going to come back as frequently. Absolutely. And I, I have always been one that I, I listen to my community. So, you know, like I said, we, this community doesn't have a whole lot of money. So what I have always told my staff and volunteers is when these kids and these families come to our, our fair, it's because most of them can't go to the Disneyland. And yeah, Disneyland is in, in California. They can't take their families to the big, the, the big theme parks. So they come to the fair. And what we found this year is they, they want to come to the fair because they want the family, family experience. So what we really did this year is we, we wanted to encompass that family feel. 
we did a little farmers at the fair for the small kids, the 36 and under kids, 36 inches and under kids. So it was all hands-on. There was little tractors, little, little things that was, uh, was food to farm to experience with the snack farm to table um with a with a snack from Safeway at the very end we had that in the poultry barn and that was all for the little kids and we had uh we had a group that that helped organize that for us um we had local local um entertainment that came and and entertained the crowds we had our 4-h that did demonstrations they did robotics they did sewing they did arts and crafts hands-on for all ages um in our home arts we did um our our roots and shoots floral did uh floral demonstrations in the floral department so we had we encompassed family oriented events for 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 the community it didn't cost us much of anything but it was something that everybody could do you know i spent a little bit of money and had a reptile show but it was something that everybody could touch the snakes and if they wanted to i didn't but that's me um you know they they could do all of those things and um you know it we just wanted to make sure that we gave every age group something to do this year and wanted to bring it back to the back to family the fair yeah. is the fair is the um it's supposed to be where memories are made and i i hope yeah. everybody remembers that because that's super important no you're you're totally right and, and that's one thing about unique that's unique about annual events is that they are once a year and a lot of people make it a tradition and you know that's two things one recurring revenue because if you provide a good experience you know they're going to come back next year but two it's on you that if you don't consistently provide a good experience you're now going to break that tradition throughout that family or household, whatever, they're gonna go find a different tradition to do every year. And that's not gonna be going to your event, your fair, rodeo, whatever it is. I have to ask the question because my mind is just curious. You said you're one of the poorest counties in all of California. You had record attendance. What did you do differently with your marketing to get this attendance? Or what is your marketing strategy to drive people to your fair? We do, um, this year I did a little bit differently. Um, we do a lot of social media. Um, we uh, did, I advertise North in, in Curry County in Oregon. Um, and then this year I advertise South in Eureka in, in uh, Humboldt County. This year was a, a very unique year there was the McKinney fire and I don't know if you're aware of that so what happened was this terrible fire blew up in um, Redding or, or Siskiyou County and because of that uh, Wairika had to cancel their fair they are one week after after me Golden Siskiyou fair had to cancel because of that and I love that fair that CEO he's a good friend of mine but because of that what I did was I immediately 
boosted. That was the only boost I did on social media. I boosted for those people to get out of that area and come over to the coast and enjoy this area. And, um, and, and I made sure to do those boosts from in in those areas to get get out of that smoky heat to come over into the um into the clean cool air so those are one of the things that we did we made sure to do daily posts on facebook instagram those are the main two that we do every single day um we also do the local movie theater um so and then we do the a radio spot um the local radio spot those ones that we do we do those ones all the time um this year since you do you do marketing too i was really on the fence of doing this but i actually did it we did ticket spice and we did online ticket sales I did it last year, but I did it with a different company and I just wasn't really happy with it last year. Um, two reasons. The one is when the per when the person went to go purchase it, they had to they had to ask a lot of questions. They had to answer a lot of questions in order to purchase their ticket. I didn't want to do that. I wanted somebody to get their ticket. If I want their information, get it when they get in the door. Um, the way it was this year, it was much simpler. Um, I also made our carnival sales online. So your pre-sale carnival ticket was purchasable online as well. So last year we did about 2,300 online. And last year, mind you, was the very first time that we had done online sales. This year we were almost 20,000. And I started it only two weeks before fair. So that was a huge difference. So um, that was that was that was pretty good. And I also went through their their site as well as our brand new carnival. We went with Midway of Fun this year and he did advertising as well, which which helped out tremendously. And they did really well too. They had a completely different system this year. They had magic money. So that was a pretty cool system to see too. So I could watch everything, what was going on. I could see which which carnival was or which ride was the biggest hotspot. And I could watch it in real time um, all throughout the fair. So that was, that was new for me. So um, I, I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. No, you made, you made great points. And especially one being, if you're not selling tickets online, you better start now. You know, if, if you're not doing that, you're going to get left in the dust eventually. It's just the way the world's working. People want to buy online. They just want to get in, get things done, put on their calendar, be done with it. I guess as we kind of wrap up, wrap up our episode here, Kim, if there was just one thing that you could tell an event organizer or just educate them on uh, to maybe just consider or maybe something that they might find useful for their fair or event or rodeo or whatever it is, what would that one thing be? Don't be afraid to call your neighboring fair and ask questions. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask questions and don't be afraid to think out of the box. I mean, I think so many times people get stuck in the rut and they're afraid to try something new. Don't be afraid to try something new. It's even if you make a mistake and it doesn't work, it's okay. 
And it always, you know, um, a wonderful lady, Becky Bailey Finley, always told me, um, change 20%, but keep 80. And I I try and strive to do that every every year. I love that. And I want people to hear that. Change 20%, keep 80. Because a lot about what I talk about is innovate. You have to innovate or else you're going to be left in the dust. But you don't need to innovate a ton. Right. 20%, 20, 80% rule, I think is fantastic. Kim, I cannot thank you enough for joining us on this episode. I really enjoyed talking with you. And I think the value that we're providing to the listeners is incredible. We went over a bunch of topics of how do you get by with a small staff, how to market your events, innovation. I mean, the whole kit and caboodle, we did it. So I just want to say thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah, you bet. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Event Academy Live. I hope you found events value in it. I love talking to Kim today from the Del Norte County Fair. Until next time, fellow event organizers, keep leveling up. Thank you for listening to the Event Academy Live podcast. This show is powered by Fusion. Event solutions for the modern event organizer. Don't forget to like, rate, and review. We hope you enjoyed the show. Until next week, keep leveling up, fellow event organizers.